All right, guys, and welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today's show, we're actually talking about the NFL here, talking about week 17, week 18, probably talking a little bit here about some fantasy football play as well, and just kind of setting you guys up for the playoffs right now. Um, I know, you know, we missed last week here as, as far as a recap, but figured I'd give you guys something special here where we go with uh, two consecutive weeks here and a lot more NFL content. So uh, before we jump into that, let me go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform. Let me thank the sponsors out there for putting sponsorship on the show and the fans actually, actually who have chimed in on a week-to-week basis here to help us drive content to the show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into um, the content here exclusively here about week 17 and 18 and the playoff positioning fantasy football just pretty much anything you can think about with the NFL and <laughs> we'll be talking about that today so let us start off here man with just some of the the big stuff here that happened here and uh, week 17 here kind of setting us up for more of the playoffs but starting off with the Dallas Cowboys here <clears throat> excuse me, winning 27 to 13 here against Tennessee here. Um, You know, really the storyline here is that Tennessee is essentially resting up for week 18 here. They have a date with the Jacksonville Jaguars here, which will essentially decide the AFC South here. And Dallas at this point in time at 12 and four now with this win here at the time of the recording, they have a chance to still get the first seed in the NFC here especially since Jalen Hurts has been out with the injured shoulder and the fact that they have actually lost the last two games here. So this is actually going to come down to the last game of the season here. CeeDee Lamb had 100 yards here. You had uh, Dalton or Dalton Schultz, excuse me, had uh, seven receptions, 56 yards and two touchdowns for him. Dak Prescott, multiple interceptions here in this one. Um, You know, but essentially here, I, I mean, Tennessee, they're obviously playing for the front of the division here. Dallas still in it for the top of the NFC East here. And uh, kudos for getting it done there. You have the Atlanta Falcons and the Arizona Cardinals. They won 20-19, did Atlanta here. The first win there, I believe, by Desmond Ritter, the rookie quarterback here out of Cincinnati. So coming out there and getting him a win. Got to congratulate him there. 19-26, of 26, 169 for him. Um... You know, Drake London had five receptions, 47 yards, um, arguably was supposed to be one of the best receivers in this last draft, this last April here. And uh, from the Cardinals standpoint, I had said it before, you know, the Cardinals usually start off well and uh, don't end so well here. And they did the exact opposite here. They didn't start off well. They lost their franchise quarterback in Kyler Murray with the injured knee here. And you know, essentially here, they are, are reeling here. Uh, may have found something with Trey McBride here, who I think, you know, was uh, one of the best tight ends, I think, in college football last year. Had seven receptions for 78 yards here. Um, no Hopkins. He didn't play uh, due to an injury here. So, um, you know, Arizona is clearly out of it. Uh, Atlanta now fourth in the NFC South. They're out of it as well here. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to wrap up here to division. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, uh you know, it's a good starting point for Atlanta here. I think that they possibly have found a quarterback that they can build around here. Obviously, they've got to go out there and they've got to get him some more wide receivers here. And uh, for Arizona, they have just got to get Kyler Murray healthy 
and uh, get him situated here with a, a talented wide receiver core. And you wonder if Cliff Cliffsbury, uh, excuse me, Cliffsbury will be back here. I couldn't get his name out there. You wonder if he will be back here next year. There's speculation that, uh, you know, Cliffsbury could be fired here. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, there is this speculation that Arizona could be moving on from him. Um, but, you know, it could be they need a change in head coaching. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that Denver elected to do here. Um, so maybe that's the same thing that Arizona is going to do with Cliffbury and go ahead and fire him this offseason. So um, next up here, you have the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. And how about those Lions, man? 41 points against the Bears 10 here. Still in the playoff hunt, actually. They, they're actually in at this point if it ended. Uh, but how about, you know, you got to take kudos off to Jared Goff here, a guy that got traded from the Rams over to Detroit here and making it happen, man. I, I mean, look, he was 21 of 29, three touchdowns again. If you had him in fantasy, he got you at least 35 points here. Um, he's been spectacular here. Jamal Williams, I think since coming over from Green Bay, has really found his home. Another terrific day for him with 144. And how about DeAndre Swift? Probably one of his best games, I think, of the season here. Uh, going out there, getting 39 yards and a touchdown, receiving. And then also, too, getting it on the ground with 11 rushes for 78 yards as well. Here's a guy that you know if they can keep him healthy. He's been banged up with the shoulders the last couple um, years here. You're hoping that they can keep him healthy. Detroit has a dynamic backfield and they have a pretty dynamic quarterback here that has been to the Super Bowl and the wide receiving core is not that bad either when you look at um, Amon Ray St. Brown here they have DJ Clark um, Swift is obviously a good receiver Williams can go out there and catch some footballs as well I mean they have a talented core on offense it is going to be a matter of can they get stops here and they've just got to pull it together for one more week here uh, to push themselves over the 500 mark nine and eight I'm sure of it would get them into the wild card next up here you have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos here. Kansas City got this one out 27 to 24 here. Denver continues to slide here. Uh, talked about how they just fired their head coach here um, at now 4 and 12. Denver is just looking very terrible here. And the bottom line is with Denver, they gave up a lot of draft capital to get Russell Wilson over there. It has not worked out very well. They're not blaming Russell Wilson, and I, I wouldn't either, quite frankly. I mean, this team offensively is bad. I think that they have got to figure out a lot of different things here. Um, you know, they have Jerry Judy on the roster here. Um, you know, they have Cortland Sutton there. Um, you know, and just from a, a receiving standpoint here, they have not been able to get some elite wide receiver play. Defense has been there for them, but I think it starts there with receiving uh, help here for Russell Wilson, um, which will allow him to definitely go ahead and I think uh, cook, so to speak. But, you know, on top of that, uh, they've also had issues with the running game. Um, you know, now turning to Latavius Murray, they picked up Chase Edmonds here. Um, so they don't have Melvin Gordon anymore. You know, he was a, a main staple of their running game, so they don't have him. So it's one of those things here where I think that there's so much to figure out here with Denver. On the other side of the ball here, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes looking like Patrick Mahomes, three touchdowns. He did have an I, INT there, but 
For the most part, they got a touchdown from Isaiah Pacheco here. Uh, Jarek McKinnon has come on very big for them uh, in the running and the passing game as well. And, you know, the Chiefs are who we thought they were. Uh, clearly, I think that they have a chance to lock up the number one overall seed at this point in time. Right now, they definitely have clinched the division. Um, you know, they're number one. And so I expect for them uh, to definitely go further here into the playoffs. Next up here, you have the New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles here. Uh, the Eagles lose here uh, in this particular football game, 20 to 10 here. Um, very tough if you had Gardner Minshew as your quarterback here. Had a very, very tough day as far as fantasy football is concerned here. And the storyline here, I think, is that Philadelphia has struggled the last couple weeks here without Jalen Hurts here. Uh, Minshew has turned the football over, even though he had a really big day last week with over 300 yards or so. But really i mean this puts the division into jeopardy here because if the eagles were to lose uh, and dallas were to win then they're obviously able to clinch the number one seed there in the nfc east um you know so there is going to be a lot on the line here and you know essentially you know i don't think philadelphia wanted this to happen but they might have to put jalen hurts out there um if they're looking to get the home field advantage in the outright number one seed next up here the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. The significance here is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clinched a division title with this win, 30-24. And the fact that Mike Evans now is the only receiver, I think, that has had nine straight 1,000-yard uh, receiving years is huge. And he had a huge one in this one. Three touchdowns on the day, uh, 207 yards. Can you say he probably won you a fantasy title if you had him playing today? Um, a, a, an absolute outburst here. You know, Tom Brady, 30 of 45, 432, three touchdowns. Might have been one of his best games in two and a half years, okay? <laughs> With the, the numbers that he was able to put up here. Um, and then you also had Chris Godwin who had nine receptions for 120 yards as well. So, this was probably one of the most impressive uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer games, I think, this year. You look at the fact that they have really been anemic on the offensive end, and for them to find this type of uh, scoring outburst here, you know the defense is good, but if they can score like this, this is not a team that anybody wants to see. When you start talking about having to play Tom Brady in the postseason, I promise you, not any team in the NFL wants to play Tom Brady uh, in, the pro, in the postseason. Next up, you have the Cleveland Browns and Washington Commanders here. And essentially, I believe Cleveland knocked Washington out of playoff contention here. I think that it, they're pretty much eliminated, um, if I'm not mistaken here. But yeah, you have Cleveland coming in here 24-10 and 10 here. Much was made about the fact that Carson Wentz would start over Tyler Heineke here. And I'm surprised that Carson Wentz was not pulled in this game for Tyler Heineke. And I think that this is probably going to pretty much signify that Washington would have to move on here. And, and can I say this too from a note? Why is it that every NFL team has been able to go out and actually get a franchise quarterback, but Washington has not? You know, they haven't had necessarily a franchise quarterback since they had Robin Griffin III. They had uh, Kirk Cousins on the roster. And I get what happened to RG3, 
uh, RG3, you know, obviously he got hurt and injured. Uh, but you still had a chance to move on with Kirk Cousins and you didn't want to pay him. So now he's only leading Minnesota at the top of the division over there. So it's just a lot of things that are head scratchers here for Washington. You look at the fact that Carson Wentz was 16 of 28, 143 yards and three INTs, had a 31.4 quarterback rating there. He did get a rushing score on the day. But the fact that he was not able to go down the field and was ineffective, you had Brian Robinson, uh, the talented rookie running back here out of Alabama, had 87 yards uh, on 24 touches here. Gibson uh, did not play here. Uh, but Jahan Dotson, you know, only three receptions. Terry McLaurin, only two receptions. Uh, Curtis Samuel, only one reception here. As talented as Washington has at the receiving core, Logan Thomas, uh, six receptions, 56 yards. And the tight end uh, situation as well, they were unable to get it to their playmakers, which basically the playmakers have made it... Um, have made it happen here for Washington as of late. So, you know, I think that they've got to go out and address the quarterback play. Obviously, I think the defense is strong, but it starts with the quarterback play for Washington. On the other side of the ball here, I think Cleveland is just essentially kind of building here for next season at seven and nine. They're fourth in the AFC North. The best they can finish here is eight and nine. You have to think that they're going to be a lot better once they get Watson back uh, and to himself, uh, you know, on a full year of football here, coming in, stepping in at the halfway point here. Uh, Nick Chubbs had himself a day, 14 rushes, 104 yards here. Amari Cooper had two touchdowns on three receptions, 105 yards here. And then how about the fact that Deshaun Watson only had to throw the ball 18 times, complete nine of those and got three touchdowns here. I mean, just absolutely no resistance there in the secondary here. So, um, you know, a, a tough one, a very, very tough one here. And, you know, the fact that, you know, that Washington was eliminated there. I mean, you hear the post story that, um, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but the coaching staff didn't know that they could be eliminated there um, on that loss. That's kind of unexcusable here. Uh, just from the awareness standpoint here. And I'm sure that's going to be talked about there, you know, with Washington kind of moving forward. But, uh, you know, it's a good thing if you started Brian Robinson. I think that this kid is probably going to be a fantasy football stud here moving forward. And, you know, I think that they're going to do themselves a service by keeping Antonio Gibson. But I think that Brian Robinson has really shown that he can be an every down back here. Um, he does kind of remind me a lot of you know like a Nick Chubbs the way he's able to you know pound that uh pound the football and then also too he has great hands as well coming out of the backfield but he he reminds me certainly of what an every down back is in the NFL and that's something that you don't necessarily see uh nowadays because usually you know you get a lot of backs that kind of split carries and things like that so I expect for this young man to uh, go off and have uh, a great campaign here next season. I think he's going to finish strong next week. Uh, definitely, I think this this was a terrific draft pick here for Washington. And I think this is a guy that could possibly win a fantasy football week here for you next week if you are playing Brian Robinson there. Next up here, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans here. 
Jacksonville looking like champions here, 31 and three. And I expect them to give Tennessee all they can handle next week. Remember, we talked about this at the top of the show, that they can actually win the division here with a win against Tennessee. I had said this earlier that I thought that in my predictions, Doug Peterson was going to make Trevor Lawrence a better quarterback. He had already done that with Carson Wentz. He had taken Philadelphia to the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, you know, with Doug Peterson, if you followed his career as a player, he studied under Brett Favre. He comes from the Mike Holmgren coaching tree here. He comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree here. So these guys know how to, you know, call a terrific offensive uh, football game. And they are stellar when it comes to working with the quarterback here. And I think that you have seen um, the true evolution here of Trevor Lawrence. And I think it's only going to get better as long as he can stay healthy here. Even though he didn't throw a touchdown on the day here, 17 of 21, 152, very efficient here. But how about Travis Eaton Jr., 9 rushes 108 yards and a touchdown here look many people like myself thought that james robinson was the guy i was unsure with travis eaton jr uh you know why there was so much hype but now i absolutely see it here uh this guy is a do-it-all kind of running back as well just like brian robinson we talked about this guy is in every down back and to be honest with you these every down backs are the type of backs that kind of compared to like an Austin Eckler, uh, you know, people that can pretty much play every single down. You can have them in passing situations. Uh, you can be assured that they're going to pick up um, passing blitzes. You can be assured that they're going to be able to get the tough yards here and put your offense in a plus yardage situation here, moving towards the first down marker. This is that type of guy. I think he definitely proved that. And I think his uh, clear... Um, you're going to see clearly how good he is when they get to the postseason because I do expect them to beat the Titans here next week. Um, but this guy can catch the football. He can run the football. Definitely, I think, get your popcorn ready. This guy is the show that you definitely want to watch here next week. And essentially, I think that, again, Jacksonville, they are a team that maybe you do not want to face here in the postseason here, especially with the fact that they have Marvin Jones Jr., who played um, in some big uh, explosive offensive games there with Detroit. Zay Jones has been explosive. Christian Kirk has been explosive before with Arizona. This is a great young wide receiving core that I think is going to make an impact here next week and into the postseason. Um, next up here, I'm going to go to the Green Bay Packers here and the Minnesota Vikings here. Green Bay needed this game to be into the playoffs here. They obviously control their destiny here at 8-8. Eight and eight. And this is really all Aaron Rodgers wanted. And they put up the points here. They had a lot of talk about getting to this position. And they had a lot of uh, show me at, at, in this game. 41 points, which just basically was their best output of the season here against the division leading minnesota vikings here i mean justin jefferson had 200 yards against them uh in their first meeting here uh in this particular game here um when you look at the receiving core here justin jefferson had one catch for 15 yards did a terrific job defensively they got pits or pick sixes um I could, can't talk right they got a, they got a, a pick six they got a uh a punt return here they uh 
I mean, they just, a lot of different things here. Fumble recoveries, uh, they forced all types of turnovers and they converted here to Green Bay. And then on top of that here, uh, you know, you got 111 yards from Aaron Jones. You got uh, 41 yards and a touchdown from A.J. Dillon here. They got uh, Alan Lazard who had 59 yards. Robert Tanyans had 52 yards and a touchdown. I mean, they were able to pretty much pick Minnesota apart here. And this, again, like Tom Brady, is a team that you do not want to see in the postseason. I'm not all in on picking Aaron Rodgers up in a fantasy football format. But however, I do feel like if you got Aaron Jones here, I think that he's going to be a steal. I also feel like Corey Dillon will also be a steal as well here. Um, so next up here, talking about the probably the game of the day, and that is the San Francisco 49ers here. And that's going to be the San Francisco 49ers and the Las Vegas Raiders here. Um, so with that, you know, the San Francisco 49ers and the Las Vegas Raiders here, San Francisco winning 37 to 34 in overtime here. Um, it looked like Vegas had pretty much had it with 56 seconds to go, but, uh, the Raider or San Francisco is actually able to drive down here and get a score. But how about Christian McCaffrey for the people out there that took a chance with him in fantasy football, 19 rushes, 121 yards and a touchdown there. He also had 72 yards, uh, receiving as well. And how about believing in Brandon Ayuk here? Brandon Ayuk, you had read about the fact that he was on a terrific rapport with Trey Lance here, and I thought he was going to have a bounce back season here. I know he had a sophomore slump last year, but nine receptions, 101 yards, had a touchdown there. Um, George Kittle continues his touchdown streak as well. Um, listen, man, this is a talented, talented, a very talented San Francisco 49ers team. And I think that they're even probably more talented than they were when they made it to the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. You put that with the fact that defensively they were tested here. They have a chance to get the outright number one seed here next week, too, along with Dallas here. Um, the hits keep on coming for the Vegas Raiders here. It was expected that they were supposed to be a lot better than what they were. Derek Carr is, is currently away from the team. They're 6-10 and 10 here. Uh, tough situation, I think, for the Raiders here. I think a lot of people anticipated that they were going to be a lot better than what they have been. Uh, the Jets eliminated 23-6 to here. Uh, Seattle winning in this one, keeping their playoff hopes alive here as they are now 8-8, eight and, eight and they have a chance here at the wild card. But, you know, the, the key here is that... Uh, you know, the Jets had a chance here. I think clearly what they've they've learned here is that Zach Wilson is probably not going to be the guy here. For whatever reason, he lost the locker room, unfortunately. Um, I think that they're going to move on from him. And I think when you move on from him, what are you going to do now? You know, because obviously I think that you have some terrific running backs here with Xavier Knight. Um, Bryce Hall is a terrific runner as well. Um, you know, they still have Corey Davis out there from the receiving standpoint here. Uh, you have Garrett Wilson, who is electric as well. Elijah Moore, they have a pretty good defense as well here. So there is a lot of solid pieces here. I think that the bottom line is they've got to figure out who their, who their leader is going to be from a quarterback standpoint. Once the Jets figure that out, they're going to be right up there with the Bills with the Dolphins uh, right there in the AFC, okay? But they have got to figure out the first things first. Just like Washington, you have got to get yourself a franchise quarterback. On the other side of the ball, 
there is no such thing as a rebuild with Pete Carroll. Geno Smith played in an MVP level, 18 of 29, 183 yards, two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker, I think, was the steal of the draft. 23 rushes, 133 yards for this young man here. Um, and then also, too, you still have Tyler Lockett, right? Um, you still have DK Metcalf. And so this is a team that is scary as well. If they can get into the postseason, you know how tough the defense has been at times. And at one point, Seattle was actually leading the league in turnovers defensively. You put that with the fact that if they get you in a home field advantage situation, Seattle is a tough team to beat. If Seattle can continue to keep the score low, Seattle is a tough team to beat here. So this is another team that I think that most teams would not like to face there, uh, especially when it comes to Pete Carroll. Those teams usually play hard. And a lot of times they usually, uh, they pull the upsets. So I think that's another team that most do not want to see. The Rams and the Chargers here. How about Austin Eckler? If you have him in your fantasy football lineup, he has been in the late games the last four, three or four weeks here. He's had slow starts and he basically has come up big because he's been getting touchdowns here. Um, he said last night uh, after the post game, he is getting more posts uh, or he's getting more red zone touches here. And it showed up here. Today, he had his career-long 72-yard run. He had two touchdowns today. He also had 39 yards uh, in the catching game. You had Mike Williams, who I thought was going to have a big day. I needed him in fantasy. He had seven receptions, 94 yards, and a big one there. You had Keenan Allen, five receptions, 60 yards here. Uh, Justin Herbert, two touchdowns, no picks. And he got to be a game manager for the most part. So, Listen, the Chargers are looking good as they go into the postseason here. I think this is good that they're coming in on a high note here. You know what the Chargers can do offensively. The question is, can they keep it together um, mentally? You know, because a lot of the trouble that the Chargers get into, it's a lot of mental mistakes, man, whether it's clock management, you know, it's a turnover or it's a defensive series or penalty. And those are the things that usually cost the Chargers. And they usually do it late in the games where they can't come back from those mistakes. And so that's the key, I think, for the Chargers. If the Chargers can stay on this good side, which they are electric, they are outstanding. But it is when they play bad football that they are really, really bad. And they usually cost themselves the loss. An example last year they could have let the clock run out they would have been in the postseason they called a timeout the raiders got the first down and kicked the field goal they were out of the postseason and i think the raiders had intended on just letting the clock run out you know what i mean so it's one of those things where it's just game management and things like that so that's a tough situation obviously that was last year this is this year this team is getting hot at the right time i think the chargers are going to be something to be messed with here uh, lastly, you have the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals here. Both teams have been surging here. 12-3 for Buffalo, 11-4 for Cincinnati, who has, by the way, clinched a postseason uh, appearance now. They are third here, the third seed in the wildcard round. And so when I look at Cincinnati, Cincinnati is starting to look a lot like what they did last year in the Super Bowl, which is scary. You know, you look at the fact that they have uh, T. Higgins, you know, they have Tyler Boyd, they have Jamar Chase, uh, they have Samaji Piran that's played well at times here. Um, so they have a unit here that essentially they're hot. When they're hot, they're hot. 
The key for Cincinnati is going to be keeping Joe Burrow upright and not allowing him to be sacked or pressured, and then also to continuing to play good defense. I think that this is going to be a terrific test for Cincinnati because if Cincinnati can show that they can beat a Buffalo Bills team, which is electric, which can put up points and things like this, then you have no fear moving forward here because the only other teams that could get you like that would be Kansas City, it would be Buffalo, um, you know, it, it would be Philadelphia. If you can show that defensively you can shut down and slow down teams like this, I think the sky is really the limit here for Cincinnati. And I think the question here for Buffalo in tonight's game is, can they run the football? I'm not concerned about them putting up points or throwing the football, but can they run the football? Because you know, when you get to the postseason, you have to be able to take the air out of the football, so to speak, and you have to be able to run the football. And that's one thing Cincinnati was able to do. They found that with Joe Mixon. They find that with Samaji P. Ryan. But can Devlin, Devin Singletary do it, right? Can can he take the air out of the ball? Can can Josh Allen run the football here to take the air out of the football, right? I mean, it's going to be those type of efforts here on the ground which are going to keep Buffalo moving far, far more than I think their aerial attack here. So in tonight's game, um, you know, the over-under here is suggested it's supposed to be about 26 to 24 with Buffalo. I'm right on with that. I think actually it'll be about 60 points in this one. So I like about 33 to 30 in this one. Um, I think that this game is going to be a barn burner. Um, let's see here. I think they are playing. Yeah, I think they're playing here at Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken. No, 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 they're playing at Cincinnati. So playing at Cincinnati here, um, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be a 33 to 30 game. I like Buffalo slightly in this one. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take Cincinnati. I'm going to take Cincinnati 33 to 30. I think Cincinnati wins this 33 to 30. So I like Cincinnati in this one for tonight's game. So with that being said, let's shift focus here. We look a little bit here, the playoff picture. Um, I know I've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, some of the significance here. But right now in the East, you have Philadelphia is the one seed. You have uh, San Francisco, the two seed, currently going against Seattle. You have Minnesota versus the Giants here at the three, the six seed. And then you have the four and five seed, which is Tampa Bay. And then you have the Dallas uh, Cowboys here, which it's funny. I, I actually know a Dallas Cowboy fan here. And he said that the one thing he did not want to see is Dallas versus uh, Tampa Bay here. And Dallas needs to win. They would need for Philadelphia to lose in order to kind of move up here, um, as well as the Giants as well. And so, you know, essentially with this one, uh, I, I think if Jalen Hurts plays, um, I like Philadelphia's chances to possibly go ahead and lock up the one seed here. Um, but they're going to have to play Jalen Hurts. They're going to need to win as well. Um, so this is where it's going to be kind of tough because it is a home game. Um, so I definitely think that they are going to have the home crowd with them. But it is just how much are you willing to risk in order to get this one seed? Now, the one seed would be great for you because then obviously you get the buy. You get the buy. You're able to rest Jalen Hurts a little bit more. Maybe you go up on these guys enough to where you can rest them at halftime. Who knows? But I think that 
The significance for Philly to get the one seed would be huge for them because it gives Jalen Hurts another week with that shoulder. You know, you looked at what happened to Justin Fields. It took him about three to four weeks to come back here. You know, you're looking at right around the three week mark now. So if they could get past this week uh, with minimal damage here, his shoulder is probably going to be in a lot better situation here uh, if he's able to take a week off and get treatment here. So I think that this is huge for Philly. I think that they really need this one seed. On the other side of this thing, Kansas City has the one seed and currently has the bye. So you have Kansas City at one. You have Buffalo against New England, Cincinnati against Baltimore at the three and six, and you have Jacksonville at the four and five, which I'm circling that game because I feel like Jacksonville is going to win against Tennessee here. And it, it would be interesting to me because even if Tennessee were to win, uh, you know, the Chargers have already beaten the Titans, even though that came down to a last second uh, drive, really, you know, where Tennessee almost won that game. But, you know, I think that it, when I look at that game, I'm looking at two terrific quarterbacks um, in uh, Trevor Lawrence and then Justin Herbert. I think that that's a terrific stage there to see uh, the, the running back play as well. I just talked about Travis Eaton Jr. being in the same uh, line with uh, Austin Eckler, with Brian Robinson. These are guys that are backs that I think definitely change the dynamic uh, of a team because they can play all down. So I think that that's going to be terrific. And then when you look at them defensively here, you know that the Chargers have a lot of injuries defensively. Um, they're not stout there on the defensive end, but certainly they're solid. I think that's the same thing with Jacksonville. They play a lot better and they're a lot better in the secondary than what most people want to give them. Um, so they do play a lot tougher in the secondary, which I think leads to a lot of coverage sacks for them. So uh, which is kind of true to kind of how Doug Peterson was when he was with Philly. So I think that that is certainly the matchup of the day if that continues to play out. Baltimore, I feel like, has been sliding as of late. I think last night you saw that they need the dynamics of Lamar Jackson for this uh, to work for Baltimore. I think it's a tough draw to have to play Cincinnati in that week if that's the way it goes down here. And it's unfortunate for Baltimore, man, because Baltimore started off so hot. And I think a lot of the games that they've lost have been under three points or less. And so when I look at this, I say to myself that, you know, with Baltimore, it's it's one of those things where I think that they're kind of almost backing into the playoffs. They're coming in wounded. They're coming in banged up. Yes, the running game has gotten a lot better, but they're not at their their peak performance there. They still don't necessarily have uh, a wide receiver one, which I think is going to be a problem for them. Um, Mark Andrews carried them as, as much as he could possibly here last night. I think this is one of his best games in probably five, six weeks here. Uh, he just might have barely won you a week in fantasy football. Uh, I did see that where he had the uh, 14 points there. Uh, so he had a pretty big day with 100 yards receiving, but it's been far and few in between. Um, so yeah, Baltimore struggling. Cincinnati, one of the hottest teams. I don't think you want to see them. And then with New England, I mean, yes, they're in there as of right now. Uh, you know, I don't think that they're going to be too much of a threat here for Buffalo, even though I think, you know, I saw the stat here where it says that, you know, right now I believe that... Uh, maybe the Patriots are leading the league in interceptions, I believe. Um, so they've been able to play very well in the secondary. 
Um, but I, I, my problem with them is they're not able to generate enough up front. And I think offensively, I think Mac Jones and those guys like that are going to be challenged here because yes, you do have Ramardi Stevenson. Yes, you do have Damon Harris back, but it is very tough right now for them to kind of go down the field. Um, they just don't have very much of a wide receiving core right now. And I think that that's where you know, New England kind of lacks because they need some more big plays. And I think that that's, you have to have big plays if you're going to play with, with Buffalo here. So, you know, essentially, I, I mean, this is going to be interesting, you know, currently in the hunt here, you have Detroit and Green Bay in the East. And then in the AFC, you have Miami, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee, who are obviously in the hunt. And, and Tennessee will get in with a win. Pittsburgh's going to need some help. And so is Miami here. So, um, yeah, essentially, you know, that is the playoff picture here moving forward thus far. We'll talk about that a little bit more here um, next week on next week's show here. And essentially, I, I mean, talking about fantasy football here, I mean, I think a lot of teams, you know, you either won your week this week or you have next week uh, to kind of kind of go off of to to possibly end your championship here. I know some of those leagues are like. Uh, two-week format so maybe next week is going to be the last week here but you know some of the ones that I would probably keep an eye on here uh, you know on the waiver wires here maybe you want to take a look at it closely at kind of what's going to happen with the Philadelphia Eagles here obviously if you need to stream a quarterback you're probably going to want to look at Gardner McShew uh, even though he was pretty bad here last week uh, clearly he's going to have to play better uh, with you know, pretty much the division on the line. So if Jalen Hurts is unable to go, that might be a guy that you might want to take a look at here. Um, you know, if Jared McKinnon's still out there, you know, for the Kansas City Chiefs here, even with Isaiah Pacheco on the field, I feel like McKinnon has been a big enough factor here that, you know, you have to take him seriously. As a matter of fact, I think he helped me out a lot. I started both of them and uh, was able to really gain a lot of points here because of what Jared McKinnon's been able to do with the receiving. Uh, you look at what he's been able to do too um, with the running the football as well. So, I mean, it's been huge, 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 huge. Um, you know, next up here, you might want to take a look here at uh, maybe James Conner. If he's out there, here's a guy that uh, I think he's been tremendous here. Um, I think that he's really in a smash spot moving forward here for the Cardinals because he essentially is the offense for them. And so I think if he's available out there, that's another guy that you might want to kind of take a look at here. Um, you know, you might want to take a look at uh, Brock Purdy for the San Francisco 49ers here. I mean, here's a guy that, you know, he put up 17 points here last week here. I, I know maybe the yardage is not there, but if you're looking for a quarterback to stream here, maybe you're looking for somebody to basically, uh, you know, possibly put up a lot more points. He is throwing touchdown passes here. Guys, I mean, it could be a week here where they don't rush the football and they just throw touchdowns here. I mean, Kittle's been getting them. Ayuk's been getting them. Um, so, I mean, here's a guy that maybe you might want to take a chance on here. Another guy that has really kind of come on as of late, uh, believe it or not, has been Cam Akers. Even though the Rams have taken a loss here the last couple weeks, uh, Cam Akers has been uh, uh, as well as you can go at the running back position. Had 14.3 points last week, depending on what league you played in here. Um, had 123 yards here. 
Remember, he's coming off a huge week in week 16 there. And so here's another guy that's probably available that you can go out there and you could possibly go out here and stream this guy to possibly go ahead and maybe get you a win for this week coming up here. So those are some of my recommendations here. Um, and lastly, I would say at the wide receiver play, maybe you might want to take a chance on uh, Jahan Dotson out there if he's still out there for the Washington Commanders here. Look, I, I know they don't necessarily have anything to play for, but they are going against Dallas here. I think that they are going to be in a situation that if they do win this football game, they're going to have to throw the football. Um, he did have a touchdown, I believe, in week two or three or whatever week it was when they did play Dallas. Uh, I think it's very... Um, it's, it's a very good chance that he could actually get another score here, especially since uh, if they go back with Tyler Heineke here. So I think this is another guy that maybe most teams might want to consider here in their championship week. And with that being said, that is today's show. Really, we talked about the playoffs. We talked about uh, week 17, uh, kind of week 18 action here. We have talked a little bit more about the fantasy football championships, some of the players that uh, you might want to take a look at, some of the players that actually might have won you a week this week here. And, um, you know, that's what we do here on Real Talk Sports is we'll be back next week where we'll be talking about week 18. We'll be talking about the final playoff pitchers here. And then also, too, we'll be talking about my predictions for the Super Bowl here. So. Um, I want to first and foremost want to thank Anchor for being our platform. I want to thank the sponsors out there for putting sponsorship on the show and the fans out there who chimed in on a week-to-week -week basis. Um, for myself, this is Rico with Real Talk Sports. Happy holidays. Happy New Year's, guys. And uh, we'll see you on the next show. Take care.